You're listening to the podcast of Father Billy Daniel. I am an Episcopal priest serving in Church of the Ascension in Knoxville, Tennessee. This podcast features sermons, reflections, and occasional conversations to help you deepen your spiritual life. To learn more about me or to get connected, please visit fatherbillydaniel.com and be sure to subscribe to this podcast. This homily was preached on Easter Sunday in Church of the Ascension, 2023. To be made of God is to be made of sacred imagination. To be made of God is to be made of sacred imagination. In his mystery novella, The Man Who Was Thursday, G.K. Chesterton tells a story about how God relates to creation. The two principal characters are Gregory, the poet anarchist, and Gabriel Syme, the anarchist inspector. Gregory represents the devil, and Gabriel, well, the archangel of God. In one of their many encounters throughout the story, Gregory and Gabriel are engaged in a conversation in a city park in London where a lamppost and a tree stand together along a path. Can you see, exclaims Gregory, can you not see the tree, how it is lit up by the lamp? Gabriel Syme replies to Gregory, For now, just now, you see. You see the tree by the light of the lamp. I wonder when you will ever see the lamp by the light of the tree. In 1991, a group of researchers constructed a three-acre terrarium in the middle of a desert in Arizona. It was built to determine whether they could find any effective ways for addressing climate change and to see if we could live on Mars. Eight people committed to living in the terrarium for three years, growing their own food and sharing life together along with 3,000 other species of plants and animals. Biosphere 2, as it was named, had rich organic soil. There were no toxins in the air, no pollutants in the water. The crops, however, refused to grow. After just one year, many plants started to die off, and the eight people inhabiting the glass rainforest began to suffocate due to lack of oxygen. It was quickly realized that the CO2 that should have been released to balance the ecosphere had actually bonded to all the concrete in the structure. This also meant that, that the bacteria, which was thriving in the nutrient-rich soil, began gluttonously consuming all available oxygen, negatively impacting the humans and other plants. Something else began to happen. Trees that had grown in the enclosure, once they reached about eight feet in height, simply fell down. They toppled over for no apparent reason. It wasn't long before researchers realized that the trees lacked an important element that they had not accounted for in the terrarium, 
wind. Wind. Because there was nothing blowing against the trees, battering it on all sides, the roots grew thin and shallow, making them unable to stand on their own due to lack of strength, due to weak and shallow roots. Nature is a wise teacher with much to say about us humans and our desire for comfort and our aversion to risk or pain and avoidance of anything that blows against us or challenges us in any way. Without discomfort and the storms of life, however, we fail to find our inner strength. We become rootless. We never get to know what we're really capable of. Courage and resilience remain just out of reach. We miss out on the fullness of what it means to be human, what it means to be made of sacred imagination. Our fears so often prevent us or hide us from dealing with the pain and challenges that will serve to make us stronger. Yet fear, writes Pema Chodron, is a natural reaction to moving closer to the truth. And the truth to which fear draws our attention is the unremitting, unconditional, absolutely impartial, creative love of God. You see, fear takes us to the precipice of life, the threshold of reality. It unravels our old ways of seeing, hearing, smelling, tasting, touching, and thinking. In short, it humbles us. Our ideals about how life ought to be or what should have happened are brought low. They die away, inviting us to live into the courage it takes to die before we die, to let go and to let be. To do so requires trust. It requires a deepening level of attention. It requires surrender. Unsurprisingly, trust, attention, and surrender are integral to resurrection. We rehearse today the story of Mary's encounter with Jesus after his resurrection. Mary has visited the tomb, and finding it empty, she rushes back to tell Peter and the boys. Peter and John run to see what's happened, and apparently, Peter develops cramps along the way as John outruns him to the tomb. John is waiting outside, just outside the opening when Peter arrives, huffing and puffing, and being the unabashed person that he is, he shoves right past John, walks into the tomb, and starts messing with the crime scene. He's putting his hands all over the linens, tossing things on the floor as though he's going to find Jesus wadded up somewhere or sitting over in the corner. As John wanders in, he sees with Peter that Jesus is gone, and we learn that upon his seeing, he trusts in resurrection. Mary, however, disturbed by Jesus' body being missing, is distracted. She and the other women had brought spices to anoint Jesus' body, and it troubles her deeply that she cannot perform for Jesus this important ritual. 
she begins to weep. Mary makes no fuss about there being two angels in the tomb. Instead, she simply says to them, where's Jesus? And then Jesus approaches, repeating the same question of the angels, woman, why are you weeping? She doesn't recognize Jesus and asks him the same question, what have you done with him? Mary, says Jesus. And upon hearing him call her name, Mary's distractions fall away. Rabunai, she says. Jesus calls Mary to attention. The fear of loss had taken over her nervous system, but when she hears Jesus call her name, everything falls away as she grabs hold of Jesus. It is easy for us to sit objectively on the sidelines and align ourselves with Peter and John, thinking that we would have had the same immediate trust that Jesus had been raised from the dead, not that his body had been stolen. Mary's story, however, is perhaps the more human story, as it speaks to the challenge of love, a way of loving that wants to hold on to what or who we love, awakening to the reality that we are loved by the impartial, all-creative God, however, fear becomes one of our greatest teachers. Unlike the other disciples, it is Mary who goes to the tomb to face her fear, the fear that Jesus is no longer with her. Mary does not avoid the pain she had been experiencing. She does not hide behind closed doors with the other disciples. And her insistence on seeing Jesus is what grants her audience with him. Mary knew a thing or two about being battered around by the winds of life. Growing within her was a mature faith, a mature mode of stillness, a poise and openness to the present moment. Mary had a certain contemplative mode of life that enabled the power of resurrection to flow through her long before she understood what all this means. When we allow resurrection to well up within, something irresistible happens. God's purpose for us flows through us to make possible only that which God can make possible. It is here that each of us, just like Mary, become a place in the world where resurrection comes alive. This is how we know that trust has taken root in our lives. As we grow to trust that we are being resurrected with Jesus even now, we are in this present moment being raised to the new life of grace. When we come to trust that we are loved by God, fear will draw us to the truth of who we really are. Our great challenge, however, our great challenge is that Everything in our society teaches us to suppress our fears, avoid our pain, run toward what is comfortable. When we do so, however, we become dependent on the very thing that cripples us. And so, trusting 
that we are loved unconditionally by God and giving Jesus our undivided attention are bound up with surrender. And surrendering is about letting what there is be what it is. The surrender to simply being. When we inhabit this way of surrendering that lies in the depths of our hearts, our true nature comes to light. We begin to recognize the portions of God that we are. When we surrender all to Jesus and attend completely to love, we discover a strength we did not know we had as the breath of the Holy Spirit flows freely through us, enabling us to find our way through life's darkest moments. It is here that Jesus stands before us saying, attend to me and I will attend to everything else. Attend to me and I will attend to all your cares. Attend to me and I will attend to those you love. Attend to me and I will attend to the longing of your heart. The terrariums of our lives constructed from a fear of uncertainty, a fear of the unknown, will weaken our roots and cause us to grow shallow, even in rich soil, failing to recognize our need to die to the many ways we seek to avoid living by avoiding our fears. As St. Francis writes, it was easy to love God in all that was beautiful. The lessons of deeper knowledge, though, instructed me to embrace God in all things. Our resistance to wrestling with and unmasking our fear is a resistance to life, a resistance to resurrection. This resistance is born out of distrust, a lack of trust that we are loved unconditionally. And so we return to surrender. I had the good pleasure of taking sabbatical a couple of years ago to rest and renew my soul. I lived alone for three months on the island of Kauai in Hawaii. I know it sounds challenging, but somebody, somebody had to go, so I took up my cross and went. While I was there, I found myself having numerous conversations with homeless persons on the island who were far happier and much more pleasant to be around than those who were there on vacation. And if you're going to be homeless, I highly recommend Kauai as a landing spot. As I was wandering through a park one day, I came upon two men who had made it their home as a young college student wandered by and asked them, how do you do it? How do you just live outside all the time? How do, you, how do you live not knowing when your next meal will be? Without skipping a beat, one of the men whose skin had grown leathered by the sun responded immediately, you gotta surrender, man. You gotta surrender. You gotta see the lamp by the light of the tree. And surrender just like love must be impartial all 
all must be surrendered. Judson Vandeventer, the early 20th century Episcopal evangelist, if you can imagine such a person, one who influenced the likes of Billy Graham, who attended his house meetings, is a helpful guide to surrendering. Vandeventer, after his daughter dies at a young age, writes a hymn of surrender. All to Jesus I surrender, all to Him I freely give. I will ever love and trust Him in His presence daily live. I surrender all, I surrender all, all to Thee, my blessed Savior, I surrender all. All to Jesus. I surrender humbly at his feet. I bow worldly pleasures, all forsaken. Take me, Jesus, take me now. All to Jesus, I surrender. Make me, Savior, holy thine. Let me feel thy Holy Spirit truly know that thou art mine. Born of love, we are made for sacred imagination, for sacred awareness, to know the fire and flame of the Holy Spirit, that we are connected to the source. We are made to see the lamps of this world, all the circumstances of our lives, by the light of the tree of life, the light of the cross that shines brightly in our souls, calling forth the way of resurrection, the sacred flame within all that guides us beyond the boundaries and certainties of fear and death into truth. As Jesus calls us to attention, calling us each by name, there is nothing to fear. We are connected to the source of all generosity. The abundant life of the Spirit the fullness of resurrection now and in the age to come awaits only the dawning of our trust, our attention, and our surrender, the truth of which we have already been given in the resurrection of the resurrected one who is resurrecting us even now. Amen. Thank you for listening to this podcast. Remember to subscribe. And if you'd like to learn more about what we're doing in Church of the Ascension, visit knoxvilleascension.org.